Today I want to talk to you, and I won't take up much of your time. Um, let me ask, how many of you know how many books are in the Bible? Oh, my Jesus. That was very close. It's 66. That was very close, though. 66 it is. But if there's 66 books in the Bible, today's message, I've titled it, Your Number 67. See, God, I, I mean, let's, let's clarify a few, a few things here. The Bible is complete. It doesn't need any additions. But see, there's something that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, for the two of you that are taking notes. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I think it is. Chapter 3, verse 2. And I'm just going to paraphrase it because I, I want to take, take advantage of the time. But Paul basically says here that we are open letters. Yes? And here's a phrase I use a lot and it's based on this verse. Not too many people will ever open up a Bible, but you're the closest thing that they will ever read. People will never really open up a Bible in their lifetime, but they will receive as much of Bible that they will ever read that they're going to find that is on, in your life. That made no, uh, somehow it made sense. You understand what I'm trying to say. If, the pe if people are ever, ever, ever going to read a Bible and it's not going to be a physical Bible, understand that it's going to be the very life that you live. Do you guys understand me? Okay, I'm going to preach on my right side because my left side was quiet. So if you're the closest thing to a Bible that any human being will ever read, my question now is what kind of letters, words, sentences are found in your life. Now understand that I'm not, I'm not just talking about what you do and what you don't do, but I'm also, because I'm, I'm, you know, we, we're the first thing, what's the first thing that comes to mind if I'm asking you what kind of life are you living? And the very last thing that we think about is how do I portray Jesus himself? See why? Because we as humans, we're very judgmental. I got no amen on that. That's cool. That's fine. I know it's the truth. I'll admit it for you. Us humans, we're very judgmental. How do I know that? Because the first thing I tell you, what kind of life are you living? The first thing we're thinking about is, what kind of sin have I done today? <laughs> we're judgmental. And parenthesis, can I just say that you only have grace for people who commit or struggle with the same kind of sin that you struggle with? So people are looking at me like, what? what are you talking about? If you're struggling with lying, well, when somebody's like, no, it's okay. Hey, I understand the struggle, man. I, oh, I lie almost every day, bro. It's just, just pressing. I'm just pressing on, you know, pushing on to the goal. But if, God forbid, it's not something you're struggling. It's like, well, you're going to hell, bro. You need to fix that. You need to really deal with it. You understand what I'm saying? We're the most judgmental people on the face of the earth. And... It makes me, it makes me, just listen to me, it makes me think about if God was to add you as one more chapter in the Bible, what would it say? Would it back up, would it back up everything, all of the other 66 chapters that came before it? Or would everything that's written about my life contradict all of the 66 books behind it? Are you guys understand where I'm going with this? God wants to write history and is writing history. And the problem is there's a piece of paper that's called your life that he wants to write on to make chapters of. And I'm wondering what kind of things would be written in your life. Am I making you think a bit? 
I want you to understand that your life is an open letter. And if you would read that verse, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2, the only letter of recommendation we need is yourselves. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can what? And our good work among you. Now, this is Paul talking about everything that he's done, everything that he's worked for. When he talks, when people see the Corinthians, the people of Corinth, he's saying here, they're supposed to see you and be able to read everything about your life and recognize that we worked in your lives. And it makes me think, how much of my life and how much of your life, if my life was a letter and people were to read it, first of all, would they be able to read it? Number two, would they recognize the work of God in my life? Why am I asking you this question? Again, I, I'm not talking about sin because that's, that's like the givens. Those are the like, like really like, it's unmentionable. You should know that already. But what about, what about what you're called to do? Now that's the question. What are you called to do? And if I was to actually ask you guys, I'm making a rhetorical question, which means do not answer back. <laughs> What I'm saying is, if I was to ask you what's your calling, most of you would probably say, I have no idea. I have no idea. Can I tell you, go to, if you were to go with me to, to the book of Acts, chapter 1, check this out, verse, I'm just going to read it. Acts chapter 1, it says, in my first book, this is Luke writing, he says, I told you, Theophilus, everything about Jesus began to do, teach, until the day he was taken up. I'm going to jump to verse 4. Once he was eating, talking about Jesus, once he was eating, Oh, I'm sorry. Wow, I can't read today. Once, I was right. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free the Israel? Free Israel and restore a kingdom. The Father alone has the authority to set to, where's the verse I'm looking for? Anyway, I have no time. Jesus, if you read it, I'm leaving for you for homework. And if you read it here, Jesus is giving them an instruction. And he says what? He said, wait. Wait for what? And then what? Let's read that because verse 7, he replied, he, the Father, alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. But, everybody say but. Check this out. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be telling people about? Ah, telling people about? Me. me. Don't jump to conclusions. Read exactly what's there. And you will be my? Telling people about? Me. Where? And listen to what he does. It's in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, you are not called? To be a pastor, don't get me wrong, that's, that's later on. What I'm saying is your first calling, it's not to be a pastor, it's not to be a prophet, nor an evangelist, or an apostle, or any of the five ministries. Uh, understand, and I have no time to get into why those five are the ministries, but understand that what, because when we think of calling, what's, what's another word for calling? In life we call it purpose. Everybody say purpose. And we're always asking, what's my calling? What's my purpose? And can I tell you the biggest answer and the only answer I can give you, really, for you to understand what your purpose is, number one, what did Jesus say? Wait. Say it out loud. He said? Wait. Your first responsibility is to wait. Wait, wait for what? To be empowered by the? Holy Spirit. 
Okay, so the first thing we have to do is? To be by? For what? To be witnesses. Right? And what else does it say? To be witnesses of what? Of him. Telling people about? Where? Okay, so how do I find out my calling and my purpose? I have to? Wait on what? On the Holy Spirit, so that he can do what? Empower me. To do what? Where? If I want to know my calling, I first have to? Come on, you got to say it like if you, you're getting passionate about something. You can't die, wait, you can't die out. Don't you want to know your purpose? Don't you want to know your destiny? I would think you'd be super excited about discovering how to find your destiny. The first thing you have to do is? And you have to wait on whom? So that he can do his job, which is? So that now we can do our job, which is to be a? Of? Where? Okay, we're getting somewhere. We are to? Oh, you sound dead. We are to? For the? To? So that we can be? Of? Where? Exactly. You cannot, you cannot fulfill your destiny until you've waited, until you've been empowered, empowered to realize that you're not here to wait for a meteor to hit you one day and you find you're like, oh, I found my purpose. Your purpose is designed inside of you. Listen, Jeremiah 1.5, take note of this for those of you who are taking notes. Jeremiah 1.5, a verse that a lot of us know if you've been in church long enough. And it says, I have called you by name and I have appointed you prophet to the nations. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. Understand that when God says, I know you by name, he's not just saying you're not just something I created. And this is the problem that we have, young people. And I say young people because you're the one that has this problem the most, your identity. You don't know who you are, but you forget that there's one who does know who you are because he created you. And he knows you. Not only did he create you, and not only does he know you, but he gave you a name. Understand that I'm not just talking about your actual name. Oh, God called me Alex. I'm not just saying that. God called me Kenneth. Wonderful. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that he gave a name for when the, how many of you know that there's a spiritual world, right? When the spiritual world sees me, they see my name because my name has a reputation. Say reputation. Say my name has a reputation. Now say it like you mean it. My name has a reputation. But what is that reputation? The reputation that you have is the open letter that you live. And if you are to be the 67th chapter, not of the Bible, but the closest thing to a Bible that someone's ever going to read, what is the reputation that you're giving? What is the reputation that you bring forth when people show and they meet you? Well, Kenneth, you know, is just, uh, well, he spoke to me about music for hours and uh, that's about it. It was a good conversation. Or did I actually bring Jesus to that person? Because what's, what's my purpose? My purpose is to share Jesus. I wasn't called to be a youth pastor. I'm not called to be your pastor. I'm not called to be your leader. I'm not called to be your mentor. I'm called to be a witness 
of what Jesus has done on earth. So my question again, and, I, and I'm sorry if I'm being redundant, but I want to drive this point in. What, 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 what have you been created to do, and are you doing that? If you don't know yet, if you still struggle trying to figure out what it is that you're doing, I gave you the answer already. You are to be a witness. A witness of who? Of Jesus. You are to be a witness of Jesus. Where? Everywhere. Everywhere. And Paul said, we don't need any more letters because you are the open letter that people ought to read. They should be able to read you and they should be able to recognize the work that has been done on you. I'm here to tell you that the one that started the good work, the Bible says that he will perfect it and he will finish it. I thought that would be somebody where somebody would have shouted. I thought somebody's going to have a praise break on that one. See, the one who started the what work? Is it a bad work? It's a good work. The Bible says that he who started the good work, that means that what he does is good. It's never bad. And if God did you, then you are good. And it's going to reach its perfection in due time. But guess what? He started the good work in you and he will perfect it. Oh, I hope somebody's understanding what I'm saying. See, my letter, my letter is not perfect right now, but it's being written. History is being written as we speak, as I'm talking to you, and as you're ignoring me, whether you listen to me or not. History is being written. And let me tell you, in history, we have two sides. You have a winner's side, and you have a loser's side. What history is being written about you? What's your letter going to look like today? What's your letter going to look like in the years to come? What's my letter going to look like when I hit 80 years old, and they read my life, and they say, oh, yeah, yeah. Nope, he was with the losing side. Nope, he lost, he lost, he lost, he lost. I pray and hope that everybody in this room, that the history that is written about you says we've won. What does it mean to be an open letter? It means that you're not fake. It means that you don't show up to church and you're not, you're not trying to be something you're not. Look at me for a second. Look, 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 look at me for a second. If you're in this room tonight and if you're here because somebody brought you, let me change that. If you're here because somebody forced you to come, and if you're here only because whatever, whatever your reason is to be here, I don't know what it is. What I do know, what I do know is that he's here to meet you. You think that your friend brought you and it's not the case. It's the Holy Spirit who's taking you. Why? Because Jesus told the disciples, wait. Wait so that you can be empowered. I'm here to tell you, you're here tonight so that you can have an encounter with him. So that you would be empowered. For what? So that you could be the best letter ever written that's what a witness is so that you can be the best letter ever written about what about everything he's ever done not in history in your life what's been written is already written but what has God done for you what has God done in you that is worthy of putting down on paper so that everyone across the world could ever read it and not just read it but recognize the good work that's being perfected in you. You guys understand what I'm going with this? You understand what I'm saying? If you were to be the 67th chapter of the Bible, would it be a good one? See, we have a Judas who betrays Jesus, who had every opportunity, just like Peter did, to, to repent and to give his life back to, to Jesus and to turn his ways. Unfortunately, that's not how things worked out. He hung himself and he died, right? Takes his life. 
But Peter, the one who denies Jesus three times, understands. He goes back to what he used to do, and God chases him. Well, Jesus chases him, and he says, do you love me? He asks him three times, do you love me? God, you, Jesus, you know I love you, man. Then do, do, do what I've called you to be. Where am I going with this? Thank you for asking. The thing is that you, we, we, we spend our life, most of our lives, trying to figure out what's my calling. And because we don't find it, we go back to where we were rather than trying to push forward where God is trying to take me. And I'm challenging you here tonight, young people. I don't care how old you are. I'm here to challenge you to understand that God wants to take you further. You see, it don't matter how old you are. It don't matter if you're seven, it don't matter if you're three, but if you can understand that God wants to do something, he wants to write history with you, and that history is being written as you live. It's being written. You may be doing absolutely nothing, and your history is being written. How will you go down in history? As the 67th chapter? Or just some letter that gets lost? Do I have your attention tonight? But we are open letters. Understand that what I'm saying by this is, doesn't mean also that people have to know your private life. Let's get that clear. <laughs> but what I am saying is, when people talk to Kenneth, do they find Jesus in me? Or do they just encounter a musician? Or do they just encounter someone that goes to church a lot? Young people, these, these four walls here, this little rectangle place, this isn't the church. It's a building. Jesus said, you are, you, you, you are the church. You are the church. You are the church. And you know what Revelation says? I don't have time to go into it, but Revelation says that God prepared for himself a glorious church. That means you weren't called to be a weak church. You're not just to be called some weakling. No, he said he called unto himself, he called unto himself a glorious bride, a glorious church. That means if the word glorious is there, that means that there's glory upon you. Yes? And if there's glory upon you, then why do we live our lives as such a mediocre church? God is calling us to go deeper into his presence, to go deeper into holiness, to go deeper into a place where we are the perfect witness. I mean, have you ever, ever seen a trial before? Have you ever, whether it's on TV or a real one or a movie, but whenever there's a trial going on, you have somebody that says, well, I saw the person do such and such, therefore that person is guilty. That's what you are, you're a witness. A witness, this is what the apostles were doing. We saw him crucified. We saw him raise the dead. We saw him walk on water. We saw him make the first fish sandwich ever when he took the bread and the fish, right? <laughs> he, we saw him turn water into wine. We saw him open the eyes of the blind. We saw him. We saw him make people walk. We saw when somebody through the roof brought in some dude and he said, man, your faith has made you saved. Now get up and go back home. And he walked. We saw him do things. Understand, we saw him do things. We are being witnesses of what he's done. And you crucified him. You put him on the cross. But we also saw that the rock that was covering the grave, it was removed. 
and he rose at the third day like he said he would. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is real, that he is everything you'll ever need. But what about you in your life? What are you going to witness? Well, Kenneth, I don't have a story. Are you sure about that? Well, Kenny, uh, I mean, I wasn't there when he was crucified. But what, 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 do you, what, what do you live? What do you say? You're going to sit there and tell me that you have no story? That's not true. You don't need to be 30 years old to have a story. Let me tell you, I gave my life to Jesus when I was seven. And I did it wholeheartedly. I didn't do it because all the other kids were doing it. I came and I remember I was in that corner right there and I was crying out, God, I want you in my life. I don't want the devil in my life. And because I, I was a kid, I, was, I don't want to be scared of the dark anymore, God. I don't want to. I don't want, I don't like it. I don't like it. And, but I was genuinely wanting God because it's, the preacher was saying, the preacher was saying, man, God came to this world like an ant. Uh, he brought the story and said, you know, there, there was a kid, there was, there was a kid who was just playing and he saw that the ant was walking in the path and in front of the path there was fire right in front and the kid was yelling hey ant you're gonna die if you keep walking that way and he kept trying to turn him but the ant was so stubborn he kept going anyway he would turn him again but the ant will keep going and he said what can I do and this guy says in the story that the kid had to turn himself into an ant and when he finally became an ant to be an ant to talk like an ant to walk like an ant and he said listen ant if you keep going that way you're gonna die and I was like, wow, that's such a cool story. But when he brought it around and he said, but that's what Jesus did. He became man so that you can understand the language of the Father. So that you don't walk into the fire. So you don't die the way that ant was going to die. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is here to turn your life around. And he can do it right tonight if you would just turn your life around. And I was there and I was broken. And I was like, God, I don't want to go to the fire. I don't, I don't want to be the ant. And I gave my life to Jesus. I was just seven. At nine years old, I started preaching. And I'm not talking about like, I, I mean, I went to churches. I went across the, I, well, not across the world, just really like down the border a bit. <laughs> wasn't really, to me, it was, it was across the world. But it was just Dominican Republic. It was right there, five hours away or three, whatever. And, but I began to preach. My point is God started using me at nine years old. I, 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 why am I sharing this with you? Because I want you to realize that I don't care if you are 7 or 70. But if you say in your heart, God, use someone and use me, God takes that seriously and says, yes, finally, I've been searching for a letter to write. Right now your history is being written. And you're just an open loose leaf. You may, be, you may be a blank page, but God's saying, I'm looking for blank pages so I can write history all over again. I'm looking for a few people that are willing to be under my pen so that I can write worlds in their world. See, because when God said, let there be light, he spoke words into worlds and history became his story. And God wants to turn your life and make it his story. My life, my life don't matter. My life just points at his story. Not just history, but his story. His story. And his story becomes my life. And my life becomes the pages of that 67th chapter. And that's who you are. 
You're not just a blank page. You're not an insignificant life. You're not a waste of life, young man. You're not a waste of life. You are not a waste of anything. You are everything God intended you to be. And if you're here tonight, it's because you understand that this is the one place that I can find what I need. And I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about his presence because he's here in this room. You may not see him. You may not hear him. You may not feel him. You may not taste him. You might not smell him. But he is ever real as the wind that comes our way. You know what I love what Jesus says? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was him who said it. Man, you hear, you feel the wind. You see it come and it touches your face. But you don't know which, where, which direction it came from. Or where it goes. But you felt it and it's here. Man, God is so real that you, although you may not see him, you may not feel him, but he's here. And if you were to open your heart, he would change your world. He would change your history into his story. And you could become the best written letter ever written in life. Because he who started the good work, he will perfect it and he will finish it. 